the book itself is about giving a guide of understanding like a lot of people who go into business don't necessarily have a business degree, mm-hmm. right? They they are learning off the seat of their pants, but being able to be open and asking questions, but it's having the mindset that anything's possible and knowing that your immediate circle mm-hmm. might not support you. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Let's get into it, ladies. Okay, let's get into it. Today, we have the very one and only Deborah Kazowski, who came all the way from Edmonton. Uh, Deborah is the charismatic host of the thought-provoking podcast, The Millionaire Woman Show, with high-profile guests like Bob Berg, Jill Lublin, Bo Eason, Ra Goddess, is that how you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah. And Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal. Deborah speaks on topics like turning your questions into your quest, developing an unshakable mindset. Oh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. And transformation. This award-winning three-time best-selling author, two-times TEDx speaker. I want to learn how to talk at TEDx. So let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> Past contributor of Forbes Coaches Council and certified executive coach is focused on helping aspiring as executive professionals and entrepreneurs develop winning success habits that transform human potential into sustainable profits. Clearly, if you're motivated to move beyond the mediocre, inspired mm-hmm. to forge on the forefront with a proof plan of action, there's no doubt that the indomitable Deborah Kozowski is your solution. Welcome, Deborah. Welcome, welcome. Wow. We're so excited yeah. to have you. I love that bio. And cheers. Let's so do a little cheers. quick play because uh, we job. are doing the mimosas. Uh, you you were yeah. promised mimosas and we shall deliver. And they did. They there did. There you go, Sanella. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so welcome. And uh, you're here from Edmonton. You're from Edmonton. Yes. Yes, I am from Edmonton. Um I have, I'm here because my son needs his winter tires because I know in BC it's mandatory to have some winter tires. So Got to get those on. Right. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how early it starts. October it's, 1st, they say. Yeah. And it's like, it's, yeah. it's plus 20 people. Yeah. I'm not putting my You're winter tires. You're not thinking tires. about winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, Deborah, a little bit more about, you know, what brought you to coaching, your coaching yeah. and your podcast and your, oh, your wow. story. Tell us a little bit about so much where do we start uh, I was born in Mandare no yeah. um, I actually have a nursing background mm-hmm. worked in management and leadership for a very long time and through the work there I was doing coaching performance coaching mainly mm-hmm. right and then I thought you know there's there's more and then people would start coming to me and asking me about their lives about their relationships about parenting leadership. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I love asking questions because they're like, I come to you because you ask thought provoking mm-hmm. questions. And mm-hmm. someone even started calling me the facilitator of thought. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that sounds pretty um, profound because mm-hmm. I think Dalai Lama, you know, I think of all these other people of being these facilitators of thought, these thought leaders. And I'm like, huh, let's find out a little bit more about this coaching, mm-hmm. about asking questions. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to learn through asking questions, I, I went and talked to other people and kind of, you know, you kind of figure out your path, the more questions you ask, the more steps you take. And I ended up going to Royal Roads University, doing their grad certificate in executive coaching. 
and thought, I'm, I'm just going to do this. Mm. Now, I had been working with a company doing some entrepreneurial training and, and things. And I was at a conference sitting in the back row because I was volunteering and helping. And this guy was walking across the stage saying, I could teach you in eight weeks how to start a podcast. And I'm like, 30 days. <laughs> I told myself, 30 days, wow. I'm launching a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it doesn't sound so hard. Like, come on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And 30 days to the very day, I launched my podcast. Mm-hmm. And now you're 400 and something. Yeah, episodes on 400 and uh, seven and a half years in wow. and loving every minute of it. The mm-hmm. people that you get to meet, the conversations you mm-hmm. get to have, mm-hmm. the things I get to learn, um, probably have an MBA and yeah, <laughs> or sure. other degrees as well in the conversations you get to have. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Like you just put your mind we, and you this, did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit how, how, like, how does your coaching work? Like mm-hmm. uh, it's millionaire, the millionaire. Well, it's the millionaire woman show podcast. podcast. It kind of was grandfathered because I used to run a networking group in Edmonton mm-hmm. called the millionaire woman club. Okay. And it, I wasn't seeing the results or the, my passion died Mm. in it. So I kind of let it go. And then when I got into podcasting, I was thinking about what I would name the podcast. And Mm. one lady's like, Deb, we miss the Millionaire Woman Club. You don't, you don't get it. We, Mm -hmm. we need to have that. You need to have that legacy. And I'm like, oh, we can have the Millionaire Woman Show. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where the Millionaire Woman Show came from. But it's just trusting and learning how you're, evolving into who you're showing up as because when that passion died am I going to continue pushing Mm -hmm. when I'm no longer as passionate about it so I kind of let things go for a few years and then when I got into coaching and then learned about the podcast I'm like oh I like this let's see where it takes me Mm -hmm. and then I've just let it evolve on its own yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so do you provide uh, still, do you still provide coaching and programs for? Yeah, mostly what I do is one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. with individuals, um, solo professionals, entrepreneurs. I've worked with organizations doing assessments. I do workshops mm-hmm. online, especially during COVID. I was doing a lot of journaling workshops and expanding now that we're coming out of COVID, you know, going more to the group setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where my focus is going to be and probably another book. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So like two time book award winner and Ted three time TED Talks or opposite? Opposite. Three time book. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a bit about your books. What are your... Well, you know, my first book, it was interesting when I, I had t- told my husband, I'm going to write a book. And he's yeah. like... You can, you can do that? And I'm like, yeah. why not, right? And it, I actually co-authored it with Charmaine Hammond and we wrote GPS, Your Best Life. It was about charting your destination. Mm-hmm. And it was really about figuring out where you want to go in life, you know, using different principles, but using yourself as that GPS, trusting mm-hmm. your inner self. The second book was Entrepreneurial Mom's Guide to Raising a Family, <laughs> Growing a Business and Creating a Life You Love. Mm-hmm. Long title. Mm-hmm. That's the book I'm going to relaunch, but I'm going to change the title. <laughs> um, and that was just about, you know, that you can grow a business mm-hmm. while you have children and growing. and But you have to just tackle life differently mm-hmm. and you have to leverage your time very well. Mm-hmm. So it was really about, you know, using strategy. The second, the third one, I self-published. The other two were through a traditional publisher, but I mm-hmm. wanted to do, I wanted to know how to self-publish. It's like, oh, can't be that hard, <laughs> right? And uh, it's called Let's Be Curious. I was working with a business coach and 
I was talking to her and I was frustrated with something. I said, can we just be curious? Like, let's be curious. And she goes, sounds like a title of a book. Yeah. And you were like, yes, it is. And I'm like, <laughs> let's run with it. So then I started pulling out things that I had learned in coaching, a lot of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. hot topic, something called appreciative inquiry, which is the same age roughly as emotional intelligent, but a lot of people don't know as much about it. And it's just uh, using a different approach, using appreciation Mm -hmm. as your framework Mm. to get to where you want to be and get your recommendations. So the belief is if I take a bunch of people together from a cross section of organizations or community from all levels, Mm -hmm. because I know there's usually some hierarchy, that if we get everybody's best experiences Mm. and put them together into what we're working on right now, we can explode phenomenally in the results that we get because we take everybody's best and see in what way can we implement it. Mm. And it's a a really cool tool to use. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like your attitude, which must obviously come through your coaching when you do mindset, but like, yeah, it can't be that hard. Let's just figure it out. I mean, 30 days, why not? Right? You just do it. I love Mm -hmm. that. One of the things I learned was someone had said, Your heart is your heart. My heart is my heart. Mm -hmm. We all could be doing the same thing. So I've run two marathons. You might think, oh my gosh, that must be so hard. But for you, a 5K could be Mm -hmm. a hard thing. Yeah. And I will never disregard the person who's doing 5K because it's their heart. It's their Mm -hmm. challenge where they are on their journey. Mm -hmm. And just like the marathon for me is... It's yeah. always my, my it's heart. A, it's yeah. for sure. And that's the thing is like, we can't compare ourselves no. Um, no. Uh, in any stage of life, whether it's, you know, business or loss or yeah. any of that. We can't compare and say, oh, that's, I can't feel a certain way or I can't because that is harder or yeah. they have it worse. No, it's like what we feel at that moment is what we feel at the moment. And you can't discount, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that feeling. So yeah. Yeah. They say, one of my friends, she says her favorite quote is comparison is the thief of joy, right? It's, yeah. it's the thing that's going to create that story in your head that we mm-hmm. have to talk about. It's the thing that's going to be like, I can't do that because somebody does it better. It's the thing yeah. that really holds people back sometimes. Yeah. One of the things that I, I focus on is what's possible? Mm-hmm. What am I capable of? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we already discount ourselves or we argue our limitations thinking, well, we couldn't have done this. So that was actually one of my limiting beliefs that I was actually uncovered recently. Um, As I mentioned, you know, I have an eye condition going on right now. And so I've done some extra work called EMDR. Mm -hmm. And through that process, there was a story that I had told myself at a certain age that I was not capable of doing something. And I didn't even realize I told myself that. Mm -hmm. And then she said to me, is there anywhere else in your life that you've told yourself that? Mm -hmm. And then I thought about a scenario of painting a wall. And I had put one stroke on the wall. And I remember my husband looking at me, he goes, "Uh, maybe just go home and look after the kids. And I didn't realize, but that was pre-programmed previously that I had told myself, okay, yeah, I'm not capable. I'll just go do my... What I'm capable of. What I'm capable of, my normal thing that I would go to, right? And I was just like, heck with that now, right? Yeah. So it's really about understanding where these stories that we tell ourselves. So I, when I work with people, it's about what's possible? Mm -hmm. What, what belief do you think that you've trapped yourself in that you cannot move beyond? Mm -hmm. So it's about asking the questions. Like I love listening to Joe Dispenza Mm -hmm. as an example. And one of the things is the other, last night I was like, 
we went out for supper and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm pretty tired. And uh, it's like, I was going to go to the gym yeah, because I saw they had a Peloton in the gym and I'm like, hey, I got a Peloton app. I'm going to go hop on the Peloton. And then I was like, you know what? You have to be greater than how you feel yeah, in order to achieve who you want to be. Mm-hmm, right. So I'm like, oh, guess where Deb was? <laughs> I was on the Peloton. <laughs> on that Peloton. Yeah. And then this morning I was up and I was working out and, you know, hot tub and relaxed my muscles and everything. And mm-hmm. It was really about how can we get over that thought of, oh, yeah, I'm tired, but say, well, how do I want to feel? Who do I want to show up as? Mm -hmm. And who do I want to become? For sure. And you have to push yourself to go beyond that feeling of, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. It's the habits that you've built. And it's not like you're burning yourself out, right? Mm -hmm. It's also listening to your body. It's like, do I have a little bit more that I could be giving that I'm just saying uh couch would be so nice the bed in the hotel right. would be so nice right am i making an excuse yeah thing? exactly yeah. yeah that's like me and the um i started the 5 20 a.m club because that's when i wake up yeah. to go to yoga uh well boot camp really because it's oxygen yoga and it is not, not yoga at 6 it is not <laughs> yeah it's a 6 a 6 a.m boot camp in a 40 degree yeah. uh, room you're sweating your I was going to say your balls off. I don't have yeah. any balls. <laughs> there, that was just society's motto coming yeah, in here. That's the, lady, lady yeah, lady balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's like when I get off that bandwagon, it's, I feel it. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it, and then I have to make adjustments. I mean, I was sick the last little bit, so mm-hmm. I'm just getting back into um, the things, but I do feel great when I, you know, do get up at my 520 there's something inside me that's like, no, you should stay in bed. But I'm like, nope. Uh, there's now, because I created this habit, something greater, a different voice that like, you know, squashes that, that voice that voice <laughs> of like, no, just stay in bed. You need your sleep. Um, and I feel amazing. My, de- my day starts great. Um, I'm calmer and gentler with my children. Uh, because, you know, if you had any res- residual anger or, or issues that you needed, I just leave that on the mat. It's all sweated out. Um, and yeah, just getting to bed at a decent time. I'm, I'm in bed by 10, uh, usually every night. Uh, I can't stay past that. <laughs> Don't ask me to go watch a movie at nine o'clock because <laughs> I'll be sleeping. Um, but yeah, just setting those uh, habits and and changing your mindset. Like, what is it that I need? What is it that I want? And how am I going to achieve it? Um, and that's with anything in life, whether it's work, uh, family, relationship. It's yeah, creating those habits. habits and and you know, living into the person that you want to be. You don't have to be that person today, but living it as if you are, totally. and then taking yeah. those steps and and being that you know and and moving forward yeah yeah for sure so morning routines are so so important Mm -hmm. um you know when you're waking up you want to be able to say I'm ready to take on the day Mm. you know versus like oh my gosh hit the alarm Mm -hmm. hit the alarm Mm -hmm. snooze snooze Mm -hmm. snooze versus you know getting up and when you're speaking about yoga I I have a laughter every time I hear someone saying how much they love yoga Mm -hmm. it took me 12 weeks to love yoga. Fair. <laughs> because the first three times I went, I would tell my friends that, see that door over there? I, As you are moving into position, I'm ready to bull. 
because my mind would be going so fast. Mm-hmm. And then afterward, I talked to the instructor. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. And she's like, oh, you probably need it more than you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was like, ah, oh, do I give it another chance? And then when this eye condition came on, they're like, my girlfriend's like, you need restorative yoga. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't. love restorative and yoga. It's like, like lying there. It's, it's so the best good. Thing. <laughs> but, you know, the phrase that always came up was, do you give yourself permission to do nothing? Yeah, and just relax into those poses. Yeah. I agree. And I actually, I will do, someone will say restorative yoga, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now I can actually embrace that, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, embracing meditation and learning all about all these different mm-hmm. things that I had never really done because I was a bookworm. I read like two to three books a week. And obviously now I'm not doing that now. So it's kind of changed the way my life has been structured. Mm -hmm. But morning routines have been huge from journaling to, you know, doing that brain dump that you Mm -hmm. you have in your head. And journaling is such a powerful tool. Gratitude. And like you said, you sweat it out. I tell Mm -hmm. I tell my kids, I'm going downstairs to lift heavy. Yeah. Stop. (laughs) Right. I'm going downstairs to lift heavy yeah. stuff. If you I'm going to the rage room, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to exactly. lift some heavy weights, <laughs> and, and then I won't be able to lift anything for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they know when I say I'm going down to yeah. lift heavy stuff. They're like, oh. yeah, there's something like, in there. She needs to get something out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I can relate with the yoga thing. I, I, when I first started yoga, and you know, they're talking about, oh, be present, be on your mat, and you know, your mm-hmm. thoughts are. I was such a busy brain, I could not shut the voices off. I had like 500 hamsters, and they were all taking turns on that wheel one would get tired the other one would jump on so it took a while for me to really uh learn and it's that meditation piece yeah right to okay I acknowledge the thoughts but now I'm here I'm going to listen to the music I'm gonna listen to my body I'm gonna be like Mm -hmm. oh this is kinking but like really tuning in and you know looking at myself in the mirror going oh my gosh you look good girlfriend (laughs) you know like I'm trying again the the power of you know the words yeah. that we speak to ourselves and and those mm-hmm. and the words that we put out into the world is is huge. So we had our guest our previous guest Renee on and she said you know in the mirror she does a high five she started doing high five and then mm-hmm. you know talking to herself and we used to do that as well with my husband we had our intentions set on the mirror so we would read them every day. And now you know learning to do like positive self-talk for me it was huge because I had a I had an eating disorder so my body image was so skewed and Mm -hmm. I would talk so badly and poorly to myself about myself so one of those exercises was looking in the mirror and being like no you got this you're beautiful you know you're gonna have an amazing day and Every day now I wake up, I'm like, this is going to be a beautiful day. I've, you know, worked through that disorder and, you know, I don't do the mirror exercises anymore because I'm in a really healthy, good space and I've been for a few years. Uh, But just waking up with that intention, this is going to be a great day. Even though it's raining, even though it's, you know, whatever, we have all this Mm -hmm. stuff going on, it's going to be a wonderful day. And, you know, 99.5% of the time, it's a great day. It's your mindset. Even when something goes wrong in your day you can still be like, okay, that was a moment. Mm-hmm. We don't need to carry that throughout the rest of the time that we have before we go to bed. So there's those shifts and those intentions. And like you said, you know, the mindset and, and just, yeah, doing the things yeah. that you do. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I had something to say when you said that, but keep finishing. No, I'm good. <laughs> no, but I think it's also for me, I think it's a combo of like, 
definitely setting our intention of a good um, day and being like, you know, I'm going to do the best to make a good day. But also like the thoughts of meditation, acknowledging when things happen that make us feel a certain way. Like I feel angry, I feel sad. And it's because I think we get in a trap sometimes of, of like, we can have a, the mindset of like, it's going to be a good day, but then we're trying to tell ourselves, okay, it's a good day. It's a good day. It's a good day. And we're, it's still important to acknowledge how we feel, even if it's a negative emotion. And then like you're saying, be curious about the why, like, okay, well, why do I feel like this? And Mm -hmm. is there a way to adapt and shift how I'm feeling and come back to my purpose this morning, which is to have a great day? Yeah. And and one of the things when I hear you both is, who are we giving our power to? Mm -hmm. You know, I was in Italy in May and they were having more rainy weather than usual. And they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm, it's, yeah, it's a rainy day. They'll be escorting me to my table. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of gloom today. And I'm like, hey, Bring your own sunshine. <laughs> like, I don't need to worry about the weather because I know that my attitude, how I show up is going to affect every interaction I have. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like sometimes when I hear entrepreneurs like, oh, did you hear the economy? Did you hear the political statements? Did you hear this? I'm like, there's people still making money. Yeah, oh, for sure. They, they're tuning out. It's not that they don't need to know those things, but they're not focused on it because... Where we're putting our focus, if I'm focused on this is crashing or this is happening, I'm giving my power away to my environment. I'm giving my power away to other people who might have stole my joy, mm-hmm. you know, cut me off in traffic or whatnot. And I'd be like, okay, obviously they're in a rush mm-hmm. and bless them and release them, let them go on their way. But realizing that as soon as we start blaming somebody outside of us for how we're feeling, Oh, you did this. We have this finger pointing out where we have three fingers pointed back. Mm-hmm. But who, where, who has the power? Did mm-hmm. I give away the power or am I keeping the power for myself? For sure. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I know Bonita yeah. talks a lot about our, we've had her on a few, or about to have her on the second time, but about giving your energy and your power away to, you know, okay, well, what are you doing to feed into that pattern? To feed in, like you're saying, to mm-hmm. the pattern of like, oh, the market's terrible. Well, there's a lot of people making millions of dollars. So yeah. what's it's the about, difference? Yeah. What's the mindset difference there? Yeah. yeah. The shift, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, so the market is crashing. What do I need to do to, you know, have my business survive? Yeah. yeah. Right? And and shift instead of focusing on the crashing. How do we shift? How do we how adapt? Do we, how yeah. do we adapt? How do we pivot? I love yeah. that. Yeah. Pivot, pivot. <laughs> uh, every time I hear the word pivot, I see that a friend's episode when they're moving that couch up the stairs. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> and Ross is like pivot, pivot, pivot. That's you know, that's life. You know, that's a very good life lesson of friends. Yeah, is pivot that couch, even though it may get stuck in in a corner. You Just can pivot. always pivot and move it that one little inch in the direction you need it to yeah. go. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So yeah, so um, you were telling us about the book, the second book. What's the title? The very long title. Oh, The Entrepreneurial Mom's Guide to Growing a Business, Raising a Family, and Creating a Life You Love. Okay, that's a long... What are you thinking of changing that to? I am not sure yet. I think it's going to be a second shift Mm. or second wind. I'm not sure. I'm playing with it. I haven't figured it out yet because moms always get the second wind and they don't know where it comes from, but mm-hmm. they ha- always have the energy to pursue their dreams. Mm-hmm. 
So like what's your book? Can you just give us a bit of a gist of, because this of that speaks, book yeah, because yeah, that that's speaks, our market. Sure. That's yeah. our market. So yeah. as soon as I heard that title, I'm like, that speaks directly to our audience. Yeah. And I feel like people would find value. In yeah, it. absolutely. Like, like I said, I'm going to relaunch it probably within this next year. Mm-hmm. The book itself is about giving a guide of understanding, like a lot of people who go into business don't necessarily have a business degree, mm-hmm. Right. They, they are learning off the seat of their pants, but being able to be open and asking questions, but it's having the mindset that anything's possible and knowing that your immediate circle mm-hmm. might not support you. Mm-hmm. And I can say from personal experience, that's, that's what I had. Yeah. I was uh, really excited. I had it on my mirror. I was going to resign a certain day. And I had a family member, you know, watering plants. And mm-hmm. every time she'd see me, she's like, you're not going to quit nursing, are you? How could you do that? Yeah. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I got this, right? And, you know, I'd continue, you know, she'd see me a few more times. And three days before that date, mm-hmm. she called me. I had a discussion with your family, like yeah. my son, and we really don't think you're going to succeed. You shouldn't do this. Oh my and gosh, I'm like, so negative. <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, um, thanks for your opinion. <laughs> I was so shocked. Yeah. Like I couldn't, I'm like, how, how could she even talk to my 15 year old? He was yeah. 15 at the time and have this discussion. Her herself, stay at home mom, mm-hmm. her whole time has never attempted mm-hmm. to run a business. And I thought there's nothing wrong with you staying at home, yeah. but who are you to tell me I'm going to succeed or not? Yeah. yeah. The night before my husband had said, we're going to lose everything. The next day I didn't resign. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing that I would share with anybody is your biggest thing is betraying yourself. Mm -hmm, It wasn't about them. Yeah. Because what I realized there was some mirroring going on. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I had some of my own self-doubt coming up and getting projected back at me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently that uh, I had read a book called The Presence Process Mm -hmm. by Michael Brown that he said that there will be people who come into your life who are mess enders. Mm -hmm. And they may say something to you and you'll get very upset. But if you approach them, which I did, like four years later, I had a big conversation with that family member. And I said, that wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I never did such a thing, Deb. You know, and I'm like, okay, I don't know who was there with me, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Right. But what he says in the book, they may not know that they ever sent, Mm -hmm. said those things to you. They were sent on behalf of God, the universe or whatever, to give you this message so that you would learn from it. Mm -hmm. And this is some of the concepts that I want to put into the new book is because, you know, we sometimes get caught up in what other people have said to us about what's possible. Right. And when we don't follow through, it takes a long time because it's just like you have yourself on a certain trajectory, you have a certain confidence, and it's all of a sudden the world that you felt closest to you knocked you right off. Mm -hmm. And you have to rebuild it. You know, one of the things that I think about when, you know, that self-betrayal is these people are still in my life Mm -hmm. and I do care about them. But here's the thing I've come to realize is these individuals, it's not about who they are and where they come from or anything. I also, you know, when you get feedback like that, it's like, okay, consider the source Mm -hmm. and how much do they know and how invested are they in you and how much do they know about your journey? And when I asked myself after that, I was like, they know nothing. So who are they to give me an opinion? Yeah. And the other thing that came up is 
again, taking the message away from the messenger. Mm-hmm. And if it has something that's triggering in me, I need to explore it. I need to ask myself questions. Okay, why is this triggering me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if it was anyone else, I probably would have been like, whatever, you don't yeah. know me. But one opinion, it's surprising when you you thought these people had this respect for you or belief in you, and suddenly you realize that they didn't believe in you. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, so who do I got in my circle? And there's some days you have to just, it's just you. It's just yeah, you, for sure. And you have the vision that was given to you. Nobody else has it. Mm-hmm. And you have to put on blinders. You have to say, you know what? This is my vision. Like when I, um, I was listening to it on the way here, as well, and I listened to it this week, The Alchemist by mm-hmm. Paolo Coelho. Mm-hmm. One of the first interpreterial, well, it wasn't, it's not really an interpreterial book, but it's a book that was introduced to me to read. And I listened to it. And the first time I listened to it, I was going to a conference. I wasn't sure if I should go. I thought I was having this imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving and all of a sudden I'm crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm crying. Yeah. Because it's really about finding your own personal legend. Like mm-hmm. what is your calling? And what are you willing to do? There will be sacrifices. Just like in the book, I talk about the sacrifices that we have to make as moms. But is there ways that we can have it? Like, I think we tell ourselves that, oh, when the kids are this age, then I can do this. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't you be doing that while they're growing so they can see this mom evolve and flourish and, you know, tap into her own dreams? And I think it's also generational that this is what moms did. But now moms are doing this. And then I'm like, okay, so why is it okay for my kids? Why is it okay for my husband? Or why is it okay for this person? Or these people around yeah. me to pursue their dreams. Since when did I lose this identity? And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I talk about in the mom's book mm-hmm. is th- that you can lose your identity in your roles yeah, and who sure. you are and those responsibilities. But when you were 10 years old, you had a dream. Yeah. And because you had a, became a mom, doesn't mean that that dream had to go anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was put on pause maybe. But there's no reason you can't revitalize it and make it For come sure. alive. Yeah. There's the power yeah. of and. You know, it's not mm-hmm. that yeah. or. It's this and it's not or that. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's this and this. Because you can do it all. You It's just you need to have systems and mm-hmm. things in place that will allow you to have your and. Yeah. Because if you're living in that this or that then it's scarcity it's it's just scarcity and yeah you can't can't I heard this phrase the other day I can do anything but I can't do everything yeah right I'm like that's a good phrase yeah I can yeah I can do anything yeah that I want to do yeah right Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I want to jump out of a plane yeah I can do it but do I choose to no yeah I can't do everything all at once. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I choose not to do everything all at once yeah. because then I lose myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then going yeah. back to what you said about, you know, those opinions um, and the source that it comes from, mm-hmm. you, you're you absolutely 100% right when you're looking at the source of the um, advice givers or people who are, you know, telling you what you should and shouldn't do. Are they actually on the court playing? the game mm-hmm. or are they just there on the sidelines watching mm-hmm. have a f- 5 million opinions and judgments, about, and, and, judgments <laughs> and ways to tear and put you down because they're scared yeah. they'd never do that so now they're projecting that on you mm-hmm. and when you know 
yeah, the, mm-hmm. there are those people. And I've had, I've had multiple businesses and, you know, there's people that were in my corner and then there's people that had a bunch of uh, opinions yeah. um, that really at the end of the day didn't really matter to me because they're not playing the game. They're not in my circle. They're not my target audience. They're not somebody that energetically I'm going to waste my time on because there's nothing there for me. So, you know, kudos to those who, you know, talk smack, talk behind my back or looking for me to fail. Good for you. I am not spending any time on you. Okay. So for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how we have to approach, right? As you know, people who are up to big things, Mm -hmm. just really, you need to believe in you. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, it it helps when there are people that believe in you as well. But when you first and foremost, you have to believe in you because and you are always going to judge you. They're always going to yeah. judge. There's always going to be, be somebody on this side, side forever. On that side. Yeah. Exactly. For everything. Right. But yeah. when you know and uh, your truth, you are living into mm-hmm. who you are and what you want out of life, then it doesn't really matter. You will attract those people that will be in your circle. And those are the people you want to have in your circle anyways. Mm-hmm, right. Sure. The other with sideliners. Yeah. Sit on the sideline. Yeah. Know? Who cares? Yeah. Play your own sure. game. <laughs> and knowing that you don't need that external validation. Yes. Um, when I was training for my first marathon, I was, you know, I thought I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. I was training and I was running and I was listening to a podcast with Anthony Robbins and Siri Lindley. She's a world champion triathlete. And when she did her first triathlon, she completely failed. Mm. She had not known how to swim. She didn't know how to, you know, she was a field hockey player. Mm -hmm. And they got her into the world of triathlon. And she said, when she failed her first triathlon, she said, I'm going to be a world champion someday. Mm -hmm. But what she realized while she was training is she was always competing, looking for somebody at the finish line, looking to get that medal, looking for that source of validation outside Mm -hmm. of herself. And I remember, I didn't even know where I was standing on the road, which road it was. Mm. I I walk past it every day. And it was that moment that I put my arms in the victory stance and I'm like, that's it. Right. This is, marathon is for me. And I had told only like small group of girlfriends, didn't tell my husband, didn't (laughs) tell my kids. And I was talking to a lady, I was at a conference in LA, um, California, and she's like, are you that upset at people around you? Because I used to do all these races and mm-hmm. my family would be busy socializing or they'd be at the food tent and they weren't at the finish line. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, how come you guys aren't there? Like I see people embracing and this is where we get caught in comparison. Mm-hmm. And then I started just going to the events myself and still nobody was there, right? And I thought this time my son and husband, they were away doing a, a ride. And I thought if I tell them, they're going to cancel or they're not going to do their thing. So I'm not going to tell them anything. So the night before I said to my daughter, I said, let's go out for pasta. So we went out for pasta and she's like, I, I'm, I'm carb loading. Right. right I was just head, thinking I'm that she's carb loading here. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know what? I have something to tell you. And she goes, what? I said, I'm going in a, in a marathon tomorrow. Well, that's really nice, mom. I just signed up to volunteer somewhere. I should be there to meet you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're not meant to meet me. Yeah. You go volunteer. And I had phoned my husband's phone. I thought, ah, oh, I should tell him. Mm-hmm. So I phoned his phone and, I, and it, the phone was dead. He couldn't get the message, but I could leave a message, right. but he didn't, yeah. he couldn't have respond and he was already sleeping. 
And my message said, I have a confession to make. Oh, geez. So you start with a big boom. Yeah. Yeah. And that was it. Raise the blood pressure. Uh, like, what did I, she I, do? I, we phoned my son on his phone. He was half awake. They, was, they were so tired from riding. I thought, okay, that's fine. So I go to the race. My girlfriend meets me at six o'clock in the morning. We do the woman's dance, you know, yeah. Wonder Woman. And we're, we're running and I get up to 36K and I'm like, I looked at her and I said, I cannot run anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't get my legs or, you know, everything to get going. Yeah. But it was at 7K, I get this message and he's like, confess what? <laughs> and I get it on my watch mm-hmm. and I stopped and I pulled out my phone and I said, I'm, I'm running, I'm 7K into my marathon. He's like, Holy, and I don't know if I can, yeah, <laughs> holy yeah. crap. Oh, you can swear by <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. We have an E on you know? yeah. <laughs> Holy shite. Um, no way. Awesome. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. We're just about to ride. And I'm like, okay. Amazing. And, you know, when I got to that 36K, my girlfriend's like, okay, we're not getting paid for this. Yeah. You know, everything's okay. Let's just walk it back. Mm-hmm. So I get to the last 500 meters and, she, and I see this lonely volunteer at the end. And he's standing there and one of my girlfriends ran the half, came back to run the last kilometer with me. And my other girlfriend, she's like, okay, Deb, run it in that yeah. last 500 meters. And I got that second wind, mm-hmm. run that last 500 meters. And I go running and I can hear the guy saying to her, is that her first one? Because like literally <laughs> right. there's nobody left. Yeah. All the volunteers are gone except for this guy waiting to give me my medal. Yeah. Just as I imagined that nobody would be there. Right. right. And when I got there, he goes, can I give you a hug? Aww. And I'm like, absolutely. So he gives me this hugs and he whispers in my ear. He goes, it was a long way, wasn't it? Mm. And meanwhile, I'm like, yes, you know, crying. And it told me that that validation was for me. So yeah. from that point onward, I never needed any more validation. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I'm not going to say I mean, we all like it. Like, oh, <laughs> love me. Yeah. You know, but I've realized that it needs to come from within that mm-hmm. whether there's people at the finish line or not, yeah, you need to be proud of how you showed up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during the training process, I had only run up to 22K max. And mm-hmm. he's like, my husband would be like, you've already trained. Like, you're already running half marathon. He didn't know what I signed up for. Right. He knew I was running in the Edmonton Marathon, but didn't know what, what distance I had that? selected. Yes. So it was it was hilarious. And then when they saw me, like, why didn't you tell us? I'm like, because if I would have told you, mm-hmm. it would have been like, why aren't you out training? Are you sure you should be eating that? Are you drinking enough water? I yeah. didn't want the noise. Right. Yeah. So sometimes when we have our goals, we need to just have those blinders on, mm-hmm. know that we're determined, tell some people that we know that are going to be supportive, encouraging, maybe reflect back some good, mm-hmm. you know, are you are you doing this right? You know, mm-hmm. but not questioning you in a fact like of peppering. Yes. Yeah. And to just go for it mm-hmm. and trust that everything will, like I'm, not my personal best is like 630, you know, <laughs> well, it's, but it's, for go. me, it's about yeah. finishing yes. and, and getting and the to burning. the start line. Yeah. Right. My heart process. is my heart. A heart for someone else is a totally different heart. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, a few years later, I did the Boston virtual marathon when they opened it up to people virtually during COVID. Um, a bunch of my girlfriends and I, we all got together and ran it in Edmonton. Cool. And it was another incredible experience because mm-hmm. we were doing it together. It was for many people their first time. Yeah. And we had our own finish line and it was each other, mm-hmm. right? Prosecco in hand. Yeah, and, yeah. You know? <laughs> so the book 
the mom's book, that's why I want to revive it because it is 10 years old, mm-hmm. right. but the principles haven't changed. Yeah. I have just more stories to share, more evidence to share of right. that we learn from each other's life stories. And and this is why I was so excited about, hey, Sanella, yeah. <laughs> I want to have Prosecco with these ladies yeah. <laughs> because they're on to something great, right? Mm-hmm. That women need to have these conversations about, you know, there's more to who you are then, you know, when I hear someone say, I'm just a mom, I'm just, st- don't you ever say just around me yeah. because yeah. we need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's no, no position is less than other. I walk into Shoppers Drug Mart, there's a lady at the makeup counter. I'm like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Thank you. You know, and having everybody recognize that we need each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. And like we do as a society, I think it's hard sometimes with mumming, right? Like, Mm-hmm. And it, there is that perception that we can get wrapped into of like, I'm just a mom or like, I'm not doing enough or you want to be doing something more and you're not doing it. So, and telling women that they can get that second wind, that they can find their identity again. I think that's so important. Such a good message and, to share. And what's more important than raising the next generation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our next emerging leaders, our next, you know, yeah. that how are they going to carry the torch if we yeah. don't create the legacy starting with intention? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I work with leaders, even one of the questions I ask them is says, what's your leadership legacy? Mm-hmm. What's your mom legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, totally. And until we start thinking about what we want to be remembered for, that's when we start living intentionally. Where Where is our focus going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like looking back at history, it wasn't so long ago that, you know, we needed as, you know, women to have, you know, our husbands or dads sign for a loan, a mortgage, you know, we always needed the man. So I think we're still like, it's, it's so fresh still, right? Where Mm -hmm. we've come from once we got the rights to vote and we're able to open our own bank accounts and we're able to, you know, go to university and not just, just be moms, which is fine because again, it's who like, Find your calling. If you want to be a mom, then be a mom and mom hard, you know, and that's awesome. There's no judgment, um, anything, but we are starting to shift and, and, you know, figure out what it is that we want out of life without those predetermined um, labels and, and yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, of what women and who women are to be, because they're yeah. still out there. You know, we we talk about equality, we talk about dreams and all that good stuff. However, we are still the primary mm-hmm. caregivers mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs and yeah, there's you know, a lot of There's all this pressure, and yeah, I think we're we're still navigating this world of. Um, what it means to be a woman today, mm-hmm. what it means to be a success in any capacity. Uh, because again, the only person that can find success is you. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fascinating. I, I love watching this change and this shift because I feel like this generation, we are the first, I think we are the first for everything a little bit, you know, social media, phones, access mm-hmm. to everything, right. um, all these movements, women movements and, you know, what equality actually means. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. it's a lot to unpack for such a short 
period of time. Yeah, a small period in history, it is. really. Yeah. And it I I'm really fascinated in, you know, the resilience and the journeys that us women are on, given, you know, the tools now, because we weren't part of that world. Yeah. And we have been now for a short time and I feel like we're still navigating. And I think we're killing it. I think we're doing a fantastic job. And yeah, we're we're just gonna take over. So the if world. you think you're not doing a good job, talk to Bella. She's <laughs> yeah. like a good hype girl here. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs a hype Everybody girl. Needs yeah. A hype girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, tell us a little bit about like your because you're you know mom entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know successes and uh, you know trials and tribulations within your marriage and raising. How old is your She's three, right? So yeah. my oldest is 24. Yeah. My uh, middle one is 21. Yeah. And the youngest is 19. So you're yeah. officially an empty nester this year. That's Oh, your... they all live at home. Oh, they yeah. all... Except for except the one for at one university. Yeah. Right. Okay. They, they do live at home because yeah. right now they're like navigating, well, how can I afford to move out? Like yeah. my daughter has mm-hmm. been wanting to move out for probably four years, you know, yeah. and she's been in school mm-hmm. and you know and now she's you know working full-time and getting her second degree and she's like mom I, I can do this mm-hmm. you know I'm saving up I want I don't want to feel like a child in your house but I think sometimes mm-hmm. when you're in your parents house You've you do. still you are a child whenever mm-hmm. you walk into their home mm-hmm. and when I think you know because she lives at home she feels like she needs to have a lot of permissions for this and a lot of permissions mm-hmm. for that and I'm like well it is your mom and dad's house. So there's certain things you will need permission for. Right, of course. But allow yourself to expand. Um, I was uh, telling Bella, one of one of my biggest lessons as a mom in business is I was working with a business coach and my kids were all in hockey and hockey and ringettes all at the same time. So I was yeah. <laughs> at the rinks five days, six days, sometimes seven days a week. And I was like, okay, so when do I have time to take care of myself? So if they were at practice at a rec center, I could actually work out during practice because games I never wanted to miss. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to figure out how could I strategize? I'd have snacks packed in the car. And then I thought we could have conversations in the car. We just lock the doors and go and I can ask whatever you want because you're not going to run anywhere. Yeah. But they kept saying, mom, I just want to spend some time with you. I want to spend time with you. And I'm like, don't we spend enough time together, you know? <laughs> And my business coach said, no, 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 you need to go home and you need to go on the calendar and put one-on-one time with each child and have date night with your spouse. And they are non-negotiables. Once you put them on the calendar, they're like a commitment that you have to a client. Mm -hmm. You do not cancel them unless there's mutual agreement of where to move it to. But once you move it, you don't change it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go home. And then every night we'd ask, what is your win today? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had... This one day, I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? Let's go on a date. And my youngest is like, I want to go mini golfing. So we went mini golfing and had a great time. My daughter, she wanted to go shopping. We went shopping. Now, this is about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then my middle one, my oldest son, he says, I want to go mini golfing too. So we go play mini golf. We have a great round. We both get a hole in one. We're taking selfies. And we get home that night and I said, What's everybody's win? And I can't remember my daughter, you know, we went shopping and my other son, you know, we went mini golfing and the one son that we got the hole in one, he goes, you put me on your calendar. Oh, And every time I tell people, I get this tightness in my throat because I had to turn away from him. So he didn't see that tears were forming in my eye. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I put you on the calendar. Huh? 
I said, but I'm with you all the time. He goes, but I just want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Now he's 21. We have dates. Mm-hmm. We don't say, hey, we're putting this on the calendar as mm-hmm. much anymore because I get him when he's, can, you know, he's not yeah. golfing or he's with a girlfriend or, you know, mm-hmm. or at work. And, I, and he, I'm like, you're free? Hey, you want to go for far? And it's yeah. like, we'll go. And he's like, mom, we're on a date. <laughs> you know, so I savor those moments, those moments of connection. Yeah. And it really taught me that it's really quality time and it doesn't have to be expensive. Sometimes it would be, will you sit down and watch a show with me? Mm-hmm. My youngest, when he was four years old, he would love me to rub his back and he'd be the kid that'd be like, oh, that's... Feels yeah. so good, mom. And now when we were driving to Kelowna in September, I was, you know, sitting in the passenger seat, scratching his back and I, my arm got tired. I put mm-hmm. it back on my lap. He takes my arm and, and puts, puts it, it back, back on Aww. his back. And I'm like, that's your love language. Yeah. You're a touch guy, You're right? You're a touch yeah. guy, yeah. But it's knowing, have, by having those one-on-one connections with them, I get to know who they are, what's important to them. Like I know their friends by name. Mm-hmm. I know their favorite colors, you know, it's getting to know who they are as individuals mm-hmm. versus, okay, these are my three together all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of creates that like forged identity of the three kids together, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And this past year, one of my bucket list goals was to take my family to Europe mm-hmm. so that my kids could have one European experience. I wanted that experience with them. Mm-hmm. So we went to Italy, uh, two weeks land where I got to meet my pen pal of 40 years oh, for wow. the first time. It was incredible. That's so cool. And then we went on a cruise and then to Croatia and Greece and came home. And I just wanted my core. It was my core mm-hmm. because now I can see them branching off with their jobs and trying to coordinate everybody into one time frame. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But I'm yeah. like, you guys are finished university. I know you're going to lose a month of income but yeah. you're mine, yeah. right? And, you know, they they have socialized me. Like people will say, well, you teach your kids how to do this. Honestly, my mm-hmm. kids have socialized me into becoming who I am. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when that second win comes around, it's like, okay, don't lose sight of who you also wanted to be. Mm-hmm. That person, that spirit within you of who you wanted to show up, what, what impact you want to make in the world. Yeah, for sure. I know like, um, do you know Dr. Shafali at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know she, I've seen her speak live twice. And one of the things I love when she talks is, you know, she talks about so often, like we as parents, like project things onto our kids or expectations, but they're here to teach us things and they're human beings and we can learn so much from them, from their personalities. Like you're saying, yeah. their little way of the world, which yeah. is so cool. They're our greatest teachers. Yeah. yeah honestly. Mm. Yeah. I can totally relate on the whole because... I have twin girls and finding that um, time mm-hmm. to spend is quite difficult, especially because my husband works away. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and they're in the same things all the time. So we have a lot of activities uh, and we did have uh, mommy daughter days, but then it turned into competition. And what, and and yeah, it was your mom's fault, Bob yeah. she's like, Bob Chai, it's like, she's going <laughs> to buy me this and buy me that. And at the end of the day, it's like, well, what did, we went to the dollar store and I got this crap. <laughs> so now my day with mom isn't as good because I didn't get the dollar stuff crap. Right. So then I was like, well, we're done. <laughs> so it's more about the experiences, but, you know, I am looking forward to We do get little snippets. We we went, um, Sunday was our family uh time went to pick up Halloween costumes and and then we had wine to pick up at the f- wineries 
uh, and we dragged them along. But, uh, you know, they were pretty good. We had some one-on-one conversations because one would leave. She's like, I want to sit in a truck. I'm not doing this anymore. We're like, okay, go sit in a truck. <laughs> it's fine. But then we ended up, you know, it was like a 10-minute thing because yeah. she's just like, I yeah. didn't want to. But we didn't make her wrong for it. She yeah. just didn't want to. So she went sad. But we got to spend time, just one of the three of us, mm-hmm. with one. And the amount of stuff that Kasia had to say mm. was like, we just sat there and listened. We're like, wow, they don't get that opportunity to speak their voices when they're together all the no, time. Yeah. So yeah, so when Kaylee was like, I'm out, we're like, okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then we gave that opportunity. We didn't tell Kate to go, to Kasia to go either. Uh, we embraced her chattiness and mm-hmm. what she yeah. had to say and we engaged. And, you know, those moments we do savor because they are individual human beings and, you know, we can get wrapped up in the day-to-day and business yeah. and just life. We do, we you know, it's quite easy to miss those moments of For connection. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the yeah. things to recognize is... You know, that one-on-one connection, no one can take that away from you of getting to know who they are and mm-hmm. where, where, who they're becoming, mm-hmm. right? When I think about myself now, I'm the oldest of five kids. Every single one of my siblings has a different relationship with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I also remind them, my siblings, as well as my kids. So my mom is 72. Mm-hmm. It's the first time she's ever been 72. Mm-hmm. But we think that they should know all this wisdom, right? They should know how they should behave or, you yeah. know, they mm-hmm. they see that maybe they're not taking care of themselves as well or their health is not doing as well. Well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing this? I'm like, it's the first time they're 72. Mm-hmm. It's the first time they're 78. Yeah. We have to give ourselves that same grace mm-hmm. and same with the kids. Like when you have this tendency to say, would you grow up already? You know, yeah. and it's like, why, do, why am I saying that? Like, yeah. this is the first time that they're 12, mm-hmm. like when they were 12. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you hear your mother's And they're still words only coming. like, two, yeah, you're like, shit, I sound like my mom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast, Lewis Howe, and he had, um, I don't remember the guest that he had on, but it w- uh, was really awesome talking about relationship and marriage mm-hmm. and how each year your marriage is different. Mm-hmm. because your kids are in grade five for the first time, grade nine for the first time or whatever grade they are. You know, you're a year older, mm-hmm. things change mm-hmm. and things show up from your past. So if let's say I had a good experience in grade five, but my husband didn't, it will show up for him a different way than it does for me. So we come into this new yeah. year with different experiences and different expectations for our kids so really, you know, the communication and learning and being open and vulnerable with each other, because every year is a new, mm-hmm. it's a new relationship. It's a new marriage We're we're always the first of something and giving ourselves a little bit of, you know, grace and love for, you know, new experiences and, and it's not going to be perfect. And we're all just learning. So, yeah. Like and, and it's who, who you're becoming because I think Esther Perel says you'll have about three relationships in your lifetime with mm-hmm. the same person, mm-hmm. right? Because you're evolving and yeah. becoming a different person at mm-hmm. each time because we're not the same people. No. Not even six months ago. No. no, not even every day. That's the other thing, right? Before we would do, uh, Ryan gave us five minutes, but that's uh, what Dr. Shefalio says is every day you die, that person dies and the new person is like a different person than you were the day before even. So, 
Yeah, but okay. So thank you for being here. We usually wrap up with some rapid fire questions. Okay. So they're usually around parenting. So tell us like your kids are a bit older now. What at this stage of your kid's life do you find is the most challenging thing about parenting? Oh, most challenging thing is not wanting to give advice. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Yeah, It's like you want to sit on your hands. You want to cover your mouth. I think what I, what I learned most is using the power of questions and not to make it sound like I'm coaching them yeah. in, in the fact of let's give it some perspective. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I zoom into things that I'm like, oh, pay attention to this detail, this day. And then I have to zoom out and say, okay, yeah. is it something that I need to get involved in right now? Mm-hmm. Or can I just say, hey, consider this or consider that. And then I don't have to impose my opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I find probably that the hardest because that's where I hear my mom because my my mom grew up with, this is the way it is. You just did what your parents came, told you, right? And you didn't question it. Whatever they told you, you did. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mom, did you never question your dad? Did you never question your mom? Because I'm going to question you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I'm like, we have to have some discernment, right? And I think that's probably the hardest hardest one. Nice. And then if you could go back and sort of like, before, okay, so let's go back to pre-Deb, pre-kid Deb, and you yeah. could go to like future Deb at some stage in your parenting and say, Deb, this is going to be a real tricky window of parenting. Is there one that stands out? Mm. I don't know if <laughs> there's one. It'd be like, you know what? Trust your gut mm-hmm. and teach your kids to trust their gut because that that wasn't something that... You know, like I said, I was, you, you yeah. do what your parents tell you. Even and if it feels you, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> even if it feels wrong and you, you lose that that place of learning to trust yourself. Yeah. And now I'm at the phase, you know, I was telling my, some of my daughter will say, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, trust yourself. You need to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of my friends just told me on the way here, she's like, when in doubt, check out. Yeah. And I'm like, that's brilliant because... <laughs> And I've heard, I don't know if it's Oprah or someone said that if you don't know what to do about something, don't, don't do anything mm-hmm. yet. It's not ready to make a choice. Allow things to evolve a bit. We get so tied into time mm-hmm. that the choices will be made at the right time and just trust it that this will be okay. And even though <laughs> life doesn't have the right timing, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have everything that you need to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Well, it was so nice to have you. And mm-hmm. if people want to find you, Deb, where can they find you? They can pop over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. And I have a free gift there that they can reset their mindset. And they can follow me on the podcast, The Millionaire Woman Show. I'm on social media handles and uh, reach out, say hi, um, tag us in this episode because yeah, awesome. I, I love yeah. to share the love. And uh, I just want to thank you. Like, it was everything I dreamed <laughs> well, of. Well, we're so glad you came and you reached yeah, out. And yeah, we were able to make yeah. this happen. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Everything kind of lined up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you're open and, you know, you're... Your set your intention. Yeah, I got to listen yeah. to those promptings because it was like, yeah. reach out to Sanella. Yeah. Reach out to those girls. You're going to be in town. Come yeah. on. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we're so glad you did. Thank you for being yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoated Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.